what is up everyone welcome to another episode of chat with dan this is your host dan for this episode we have an amazing guest as always coming to the show but before we start i want to make sure that you're having an amazing day or evening depending where you are and also remember that every day is a beautiful day because you exist so without further more let's get started There you go. Yay! Perfect. We made it. So, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good as well. Thank you so much for asking. So, Cody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for accepting. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, before we start, you know the drill. I have to give you an epic welcome, you know. So, here we go with the cheering. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> You know, I'm still saying that at some point it will be cool. Like, for example, in, like behind me, you know, whenever the, there's yes. like an epic moment, like fireworks would come, that would be epic. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do. Just have like a full-blown audience cheering. Yeah, right? That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But anyway, so starting with the interview here, <clears throat> tell me how your passion for acting and for Shakespeare started. <gasps> yeah. I'm like, also, hello to your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually, I started as a dancer and I danced for years and mm. kind of fell into theater in this very particular Shakespeare class, which I spoke about when I, when I came and spoke with you uh, and Alex together. Yeah. There was this class that I took in like seventh grade that was like only Shakespeare. And I don't know how the school was allowed to do that. It was like, you're going to do a drama class, but uh, you're only going to learn Shakespeare. And the first show we did was Julius Caesar, which I think is like kind of epic i'm like that's we're just jumping right into the deep yeah. end there with a bunch of seventh graders um but i had one of those incredible teachers who just like oozed passion for shakespeare and it, you know we all kind of caught the shakespeare bug and i just kept doing it year after year after year and, and you know it turned into a career somewhere down the line <laughs> that's so cool and so Tell me about Willow and about your character and what do you like the most about that project? So Willow was super cool because um, it was the intersection of kind of film and Shakespeare. It was it was a project that I did while I was living in the UK and it was a short film um, that was kind of my baby. I was one of the creators behind it and it's wow. the story of Othello if all the genders are swapped. So Othello became Ella, uh, Desdemona became Desmond all the genders were flopped. So I played Cassie, which was the female version of Cassio. And that was super cool. And it was modernized. You know, we weren't doing anything in iambic pentameter. I think the short itself was only like 14 minutes long, but it was really cool for me to get to experience those like crazy heightened stakes yeah. in modern day, like in a situation where like we're in a living room for half of the movie and um, looking at Othello where Othello is a woman and Desdemona is a man, you're looking at domestic abuse in the reversal where the woman's mm -hmm. the abuser. So that was just like a super interesting, cool part of the project because I, up until that point, I had never been a part of something that looked at domestic violence where the woman was the aggressor. Um, and of course, with it stemming in the world of Shakespeare, I was like, fully sucked into that project. It was my life for like a solid year. 
That's so awesome. And uh, tell me about Envelope and also what are some of the best memories you had during that project as well? <laughs> so Envelope was fun because it was a group of writers, producers, other actors that I got together with during the pandemic. And we were kind of so fed up with not being able to do stuff. Mm -hmm. We kind of banded together and created something. I had a friend who had a script. Um, I had a friend who directs in the theater world out here, but wanted to like dip his toe into directing in film and TV. I had friends like Alex who were like, I want to act. And so it was kind of my first stab at producing and we produced it through SAG, which was really cool. Um, and well, it was really complicated, but really fun. And that, that, that short in particular was so wild and eclectic and the costumes and the characters. And I mean, it's the story of, the three children of a, a soap opera star who passes away. And they're all just these eccentric, strange characters. And they're all kind of colliding together in her home for the first time in years. And it was just, it was fun to act with Alex. Like yeah. we got to play sisters, which was so great. And like, again, the costumes and the colors and it's just somewhat ridiculous because like there's a whole plot with a karaoke machine and like money comes flying out of it at one point. And, it was just, it was fun. Like we were creating because we wanted to have fun. And I think that was, that was the best part of that project for me was like, we all got to reconnect with why we're in this industry and why we're doing this. You know, there wasn't like a higher goal. It was just like, let's have fun. Yeah. Oh, how cool. <laughs> and what do you like the most about producing and acting? I, yeah, it's, I feel like, you know, a lot of people who end up in this industry describe themselves as storytellers. Um, mm -hmm. And that's always been what it's been for me. You know, I was a dancer for years before, um, before I was an actor. And so it, it was already in my bones, I guess. And like, I've always right. been a bookworm and like, I've always like been reading a ton and I loved watching movies as a kid. So that has all always been a big part of my life. And I think, mm -hmm. This is just like the grown-up version of that. Like this is the grown-up version of playing dress-up. But we also get to make statements and help people learn more about themselves. Yeah. And you know, I guess the, the main hope for any audience who sees a project that I'm in or that I produce or you know, an audience that comes to a show is they walk away with something new to think about or something new to assess about their own lives. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's like that's always the famous um, quote about theater is we're holding a mirror up to society and I think it, especially over the past year the whole kind of performance community is, has sort of been like written off um, mm. it, it's so much more valuable to the collective and to everyone's collective growth as yeah. you know humanity right now than I think we realize yeah that's true and I think that's like the beauty of it right I mean the fact that you can change some yeah that you can change somebody's life by uh yeah. by what yeah by what you do i think that's kind of yeah that, that's that's inspiring and also really cool you know and and and, <clears throat> and especially during this whole crazy time you know yeah and i think it's also like uh, like I, i also don't want to like gloss over the fact that sometimes it is purely just to entertain people and that's what they need like the amount yeah. of stories you hear about people who are going through really hard times who like glommed on to like The Office or Parks and Rec and they were like that was my lifeboat getting through this like I even have people mm. in my family who like went through 
massive divorces or health issues and they were like i just binge watched all of sex in the city and like that was the reason i got through it's like entertainment yeah. like just the entertainment side of the industry has has such an important part to play in people's lives that you might never meet and i think it's important to remember that when you're working on anything yeah absolutely absolutely and also like the memories that you might that you might leave to those who are watching your yeah, yeah. like your yeah like what you do right or or like whenever like whenever they will see some, like uh, yeah like a movie or something and they will pretty much get get like some of the catchphrases stuck into their face and whenever on the right moment they will release one of those catchphrases you know like those types of things i mean they're really cool and yes i mean at the end of the day it's entertainment and it's mm-hmm. but it's really important because I mean, without entertainment, I think we will be pretty much all dead by by now, you know. Especially during the pandemic, I feel yeah. like we all learned, like, oh my God, we're all. I mean, like Sarah just said, we're all just binge watching Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. It's like we we as humans, we need stories. I mean, like it's it's how for so many years we've learned, you know, parables and and stories from various different religions. It's how yeah. we teach morals and all sorts of other things about life. And so I think. Sometimes when we're talking about the industry in terms of entertainment and you know like networking and stuff, we can forget about like the pure core of why we do this and why it's important. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like at the beginning, of, at the beginning at, at, the, at the pandemic, I pretty much binge, binge watched the whole Peaky Blinders. Um, oh my god, Peaky Blinders is great, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. So and, good. And and I pretty much binged that. Like I'm gonna watch it. I I I I, I watch it all. And then, like a couple of weeks later, uh, I had like this Zoom meeting with uh, with some of my with some of my uh, of my friends back when I was living in Germany, yeah. and we were all talking about, "Did you watch Vicky Blinders?" Yes, I did it. Yeah, me too. So like, good. Of, we were like <laughs> just watching it, and uh, and and the more that the pandemic went through, like I pretty much became to begin to watch everything. I was like, "Okay, I'm going to watch this." And you know, it's funny because also like during those times, you will find very interesting things. You know, like you might find yeah some some not very cool stuff but at the same time you will find things that you didn't know that you might like you know yeah yeah exactly and it, you know it's you never know which show which movie which whatever it is you click on that's going to throw something at you that you had never thought about before that like then changes your trajectory in life because you're like yeah. oh, i never thought about that that way yeah 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 like like also another uh, another thing that happened to me is that after Peaky blinders uh, before i never watched breaking bad i never watched it and 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 a friend of mine was like dude you really need to watch it and i was like yeah but i'm watching picky blinders yeah but once it's done i'm like okay okay i will and then like a couple of uh, days later i i pretty much binge watched all like oh uh, yeah and yep. i was like oh my god it's really cool and then a friend of mine was like dude you you come to the party like 10 years later but it's good that you watch it so yeah, yeah. but i understand i mean the whole fact of the whole pandemic i think that also helped to i mean i think like all the streaming platforms help a lot to yeah and it just reminds yeah. us how how valuable entertainment is as so like, absolutely that sound absolutely and now tell me how you usually prepare before acting on stage and on set yeah um so i think it, it i mean obviously it depends on the project it depends on the director that i'm working with um my process And I know Alex talked about this a little bit too. It's like I will sit down with the script always, read it at least twice. Once just like reading it at like because I think sometimes and I, I'm sure other actors can identify with this, but like 
if you know who you are the first time you read a script, you're kind of like reading it as the character and you're like, oh, like, how would I react to this? And how would I think, what would, what would my character think about this? So I try really objectively not to do that for the first read. I just try and take in the story as it is. Because mm. if you can pull yourself away from your character's goals and objectives in the overall arc, whether it's like the full episode script for whatever the show you're on is or if it's like the full script of Titus Andronicus yeah um if you can pull out and kind of take away okay as an audience member these are the important things this is like the moral of the story this character's arc is the most important in terms of like the audience being brought along then the second time I read it I go okay how does my character serve that and I think if you can remember I think a lot of times as actors, especially like right out of drama school, you're you're kind of like in your own world and you're like, what am I gonna do with this? And it's yeah. like, well, that's not really your job. Your job is how do you serve the story? And I think that's the most important part of an actor's job is understanding how your piece fits mm. into the overall story. Um, and then in terms of like actual like nitty gritty stuff, I have this, um, I'm just gonna see if I have it with me. No, I, I think it's in the other room. I, I literally have a notebook and I scrapbook like the vibe of each character yeah. I play. Like usually I wait until we do the um, big design presentation or I kind of know what the vibe of the show is gonna be. Mm. And I'll make a playlist on Spotify for each character. And you know, that's what I'll be listening to when I'm warming up or when I'm driving to set or whatever it is. And then I have a physical scrapbook, which is fun. Yeah. Cause then I can like flip back and like right now I've, I've a show that I did in October of 2019 is being brought back, which is super fun. And they've asked a lot of the original cast to come back and do it again. So it's great for me cause I can pull out my book and like go yeah. back and be like, Oh, what, what were my thoughts on that character when I first played them? And how are they going to be different now? Because I'm, you know, two years older and we've gone through a global pandemic. Like they're going to be different because mm -hmm. I'm different. Um, How cool is that? Question? Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, it's super cool. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> How cool. And tell me, what is the number one thing you always bring with you when you have to go either to shoot a uh, film or to go on theater? Or... Good question. I, I always have a bag, and this, Alex and I talk about this all the time. As a woman in this industry, it can be very difficult in terms of costuming and being fitted into clothes that you feel comfortable in, that fit, fit your body right, because there's yeah. so many, I mean, different body types of any human. But I always come to set with my favorite pair of jeans, like a tan bra, tan underwear, like a white t-shirt that I know I like. Like I just have basics because you never know if and normally like with with theater and like even with sets too it's like you'll go through a costume fitting beforehand yeah. like the amount of times that i've then got to set and like something is changing and moving around they're like oh no we need a pair of jeans for you i'm like i have my favorite ones oh cool like, i've worn my own jeans in like multiple jobs that i've worked so they're pretty much like the lucky jeans yeah exactly i'm like i'll bring them to set why not i'm not gonna need them I end up in them more often than not. <laughs> oh, interesting. Is that how cool? Wow. Okay. And now on your website, we can see your resume on the theater section. Mm -hmm. Now you have been in many plays such as 1969, Still Life with Iris, A Midsummer Dream, Luna, One, uh, Front, Ripple, Anthony, Plus, Cleopatra, Yellow Face, Measure for Measure. Now from all of those projects, what are some of the best moments on the process on each play and what are the things that you enjoy the most about your characters yeah 
Um, I've been lucky enough to play a really wide variety of characters. Mm. Um, and that's what's so wonderful about theater is you're not you're not as pigeonholed into you know my exact age and my yeah. exact type like i can i can play someone who's in their late 30s early 40s in theater mm. if they have the right makeup and the right costuming and, um but i think my my i'm i'm just gonna pick one because i could talk forever about all of them but luna one was incredible to be a part of it was a conceptualized show that the New Orleans Shakespeare Festival did and it was five women um, each playing a different of course it's a Shakespeare show damn surprise I'm gonna pick one of the yeah. ones. <laughs> so it's five women playing different women from Shakespeare's canon through kind of the ages of life so there was a Juliet there was an Ophelia there was a Phoebe there was a Lady Macbeth and then there was, they made Prospero, Prospera. So you have like someone who's in, like someone who's 13, someone who's 20, someone who's in their 30s, someone who's in their 40s, and someone who's in their 60s. Mm. And we each did excerpts of those women's lives. Because each of those women goes through a large shift in the show. And so we kind of, we curated a piece before and after. And I got to play their Juliet, which was so exciting. And it was New Orleans, so we had like, um, a violinist and a cellist sitting there and they were improvising music that was playing underneath us the whole show. We had a wonderful um, Swedish physical artist. She would do body art with uh, charcoal on paper. So we like taped, it was a very New Orleans show. I'm like, we yeah. taped this big piece of white canvas down on the floor and she's a dancer and mm. she has these piles of charcoal sitting around her and she grabs them and it kind of paints and like dances with their body. So then at the end of the show, yeah, it was a fundraiser. And at the, at the end of the show, they auction off the piece of art that she's created throughout. Anyway, it was it was so cool to be a part of it. And it was really fun being the youngest in kind of a group of, of women who are seasoned in Shakespeare yeah. and like ingrained in the New Orleans scene. It was, it was an incredible experience. Wow, that is such... Awesome. I mean, like one of the things that I that I that I enjoy the most is about like whenever they will talk about their career in theater because they like like you and like the other people that I had interviewed, they have really such awesome stories. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I and, I mean and I bet that also like during those times you are able to learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, doing, I, I think what I love about theater is it's, it's really where you, in my opinion, learn and grow and develop as an actor, just because Absolutely. you have the time to, yeah. I think, you know, it's not that you don't learn on a set, you learn, you learn on a set, but in a very different way, you learn, yeah. it's so quick that you have to learn, and I think with theater, you have the time to kind of breathe and like take things in and like adapt and grow. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think the connection, right? Like once you're doing it, the connection that you will have with the audience, that is also really, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that it will, that pretty much like the vibe around there will pretty much feed you to, you know, yeah. like to do the performance and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't replicate that feeling, especially yeah. like with an audience too, like knowing that it's happening. And what I love about theater is once you, Michelle Terry once said this on a, on a podcast with The Globe, once what's special about theater is once it starts, no one can stop it. Like no one's gonna click pause. Like yeah, you can in a movie, you can't like go make dinner or run to the bed. Like, I mean, you can run to the bathroom, but like you're gonna miss some of it. Like yeah. you, once it starts, it doesn't stop. And I think there's something really magical about that. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. actually. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And tell me, what is your approach for acting? I mean, what is like the goal that you try to achieve every time you go on stage? Truth. Truth? It's always just okay. truth, like authenticity. Um, <clears throat> I think we as humans on a deeper level know when someone's performing or putting it on top. And I think the, the most moving performances for me Um, that I've seen and I, I, you know, it's like also the ones that have felt the most rewarding are ones where I've really kind of tapped into something that is true for yes. me and the character and kind of let that spill out on stage. And I, I think performances where actors are unafraid to be ugly or unafraid to be messy with their emotions are always resonate the strongest because as, as humans living life, we don't, We, it's very hard for us to put our emotions, our experiences into neat little boxes that are like, and then a single tear falls. It's like, no, there's like snot and I like can't breathe because I'm crying so hard yeah. on the floor and I can't stand up. It's like, I think, yeah, I think the goal is always truth. Truth and authenticity. How cool. And what inspires you to create a character? People. Other people, humans, yeah. like you, like it's, I, Alex talked about this a little bit. It's like, I, I don't feel like I've ever played a character that wasn't something real about someone, you know, whether it's myself or like a, a habit that a friend of mine has, or, you know, I love people watching. I'm, I'm on Clubhouse a lot and I was talking in a VersaVision room the other day about how I just go and sit at the park by my house. I sit at the park and I bring a journal and I just watch people and I watch people fighting and I watch people having a picnic oh, and, okay. friends, and I watch people with their kids like and I'll just make notes and I think observing like people I think it's part of why I'm an actor it's like I love I love people and yeah. you know acting is the other side of anthropology like anthropology is the study of humans by observing them and I think acting on a certain level is the study of humans by by inhabiting them by being them, by putting them on top of you. Um, and so, yeah, I think inspiration for characters always, again, always comes from reality. Not always my reality, but someone's. Yeah, yeah and I think it's a, it's like a little more um, real, the fact that if, that, if you can, that if you can get inspired for something, for something you lived or for someone you met in the past, you know, and you were able kind of to take, a, like, take parts from that in order to yeah. make a new one, you know? I think that's really that's really creative and at the same time kind of unique because as you said it gives like that that sensation that feels that that is real because sometimes yes we will see we we will see uh, sometimes that that the that the performance is not quite real you know you yeah. know what I mean like yeah it, like we it doesn't tell. connect you know and and sometimes you will even you will even you will even have the connection that even when the when the when when the person who is performing is crying you turn around and everyone will be crying too so yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah and tell me what you usually do before going on stage and what you usually do after being on stage um before going on stage i mean it, it yeah i'm i'm a big warm upper like i will get to the theater an hour early and i will like do a whole like yoga class on the stage. I'll like slowly warm up my voice. I'll 
that you know I'll kind of go through especially it's like I'm I'm a I'm a fighter too so normally most theater shows I'm in there's going to be a fight call so I want to make sure I'm like there early enough to do my whole warm up before we have to do the fight call and fight call is just where you run all of the combat scenes in the show just to make sure everybody's staying safe um and then I'm someone who can't like I I'm in my zone when I'm warming up like I'll have my airpods in with the playlist that I created for the character and then once the my warm up's done and once the fight call's done and I'm like in costume like I have to like get myself present and I feel like when I'm like in the zone and like in my own bubble I'm I'm not present so I like yeah. I make sure I'm like connecting with other actors and like if everybody's standing over like getting coffee like I'll get coffee and be like how are we like Daniel what were you doing today like you know it's I'll just mm-hmm. kind of connect with people and like make sure I'm like in my body and present with the ensemble that I'm working with um and then afterwards I'm I'm wicked fast at getting out of costume and cleaning up my dressing room because like I want to go get a drink with everybody who's going out yeah. after the show like yeah. always. I think that's what's so special about theater is like you become a little family for however long the that's run. That's true. Yeah. How cool. How cool. And normally what kind of drink you will get? I you know what when when it's after a show I will almost always get a beer. Beer. Yeah. That's good. That's always my go-to after a show because I don't want to like cuz especially if it's like a Wednesday or Thursday night show like I don't really want to like have a cocktail like cuz I could be up the next day and I'm back yeah. in the theater I'm like I'll have a beer it's like feels like ah, yeah that's it. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise a cocktail might turn into two, two, three, four, and then right, exactly. Yeah. That's dangerous. I don't, I don't need to go. Yeah, down no, that no, route. no, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what advice could you give to future stage actors? You are never done learning. Mm-hmm. You are never done learning. Keep reading plays. Keep reading books about acting. Keep seeing theater. Keep auditioning for theater. Keep working on theatrical monologues. You're you have never i think it's the same it's, you know it's like again going back to the idea that like acting is observing humans it's like we're never done learning and growing as a human so yeah. why would you ever be done learning and growing as an actor like there's no you're never done you're never ready so don't ever let that be an excuse to like stop you from doing something um but yeah stay stay curious keep learning there you go yeah oh Now also on your website we can see your uh, your uh, your video reel in which you have your dramatic reel and comedy sample. Mm-hmm. Now tell me what do you think is the key for drama and for comedy? I f- I personally find comedy harder and I think a lot of actors will say the same. Um I think like, I mean I I'm going to I'm going to be a broken record over here but I I think the key to all of it is always truth. Like if you can stay true to the story to what's mm. happening and i think if you can get out of your own head like i can get in my head sometimes with comedy and being like am i hitting that beat right is my timing right here and i think if i if you can connect back with okay how am i serving the overall arc of the story like yeah. if you can keep reconnecting with that like the next choice that you have to make will be clear hmm yeah makes sense <laughs> Yeah. Huh. And what have you learned about self-taping over the last year since auditions have not been happening in person because of COVID? Yeah. Um it it takes a lot of work. I'm like yeah. my, I like I was talking to a friend the other day about, you know, what my self-tapes looked like prior to the pandemic because sometimes I mean like you would get self-tapes through and like I just like stand like against a plain wall in my apartment and like 
you know, turn the light on and like mm. film it on my phone. And like, now I've got a whole setup. Like I've got a ring light, I've got box lights. So I have like yeah. three point lighting going. I have like four different colored backdrops. So based on what like the vibe of the audition is, I'll like mm. use the right color backdrop. Like I've learned about camera angles. And I think with, with self tapes, what's really nice is you, you have the ability to which is also dangerous. Like when you're auditioning in person, you walk into the room, you have whatever it is, like two minutes to do your thing. And then they say, thank yeah. you, you know, we'll let you know when you walk out, you get that one shot. Mm. With self-taping, I can just keep taping and taping and taping and taping and taping and taping until I get something that I like, yeah. which is great. But also like for, and I think a lot of actors are perfectionists, like, it's so dangerous because you'll just be up until 3 a.m. taping it like 800 times. So at a certain point, I told myself I was only ever going to tape anything five times. So it gives me a cap and it means yeah. that like, and I, I try and actively do something different in each take. And then if there are like multiple scenes, I can like edit together like, oh, okay, take one of this scene really mm -hmm. worked and take three of that scene was a little bit different. Like what happens if I put those two together? Like what does that arc look like? Yeah, yeah. So I think it, what's nice about self-taping is, is the actor is then allowed to kind of be the filmmaker. Like you become your own producer, your own cinematographer, your own director. Like you have more freedom in terms of your final project, which is great and also dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's genius, the fact that you, that you will only allow five because then it will give you the time to continue moving on through your day, you know? Right, yeah, it doesn't, when an audition comes comes in, it doesn't like take over my whole life. Like, I'm like, all right, I've got five tapes, we're gonna bang them out and then I'm gonna move on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty smart, by the way. And, <laughs> and tell me, if you could make a movie or a play describing your career at the moment, what, what would be the title? Oh, what would be the title? Um, I, I'm a big Disney fan, so I'm gonna say it's gonna be called Just Keep Swimming um, because I love Dory and I love Nemo. There we go. And that's where I feel like I'm at right now. Like I'm I'm pouring in the time, I'm pouring in the energy, and I'm working hard and doing all the stuff. And I'm like, just gotta keep doing that. I'm like, there's there's like it's never gonna stop. Like this industry always takes work. It always takes pouring a little bit of yourself into it. So I think, yeah, the title of the film would be Just Keep Swimming. Okay, okay. I'm gonna keep that name. So whenever you're looking for a name for a movie, we could we, we could put that like remember this one? We got we Yeah, got, we're gonna throw this one out here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about your favorite topic, Shakespeare. Now tell me what do you think that was his goal for theater? Entertainment. Mm. Entertainment. He he wrote obviously for you know royalty but that wasn't his world that wasn't what he did that wasn't what he was ingrained in he wrote literally soap operas for the masses and most of his audience were were drunk or having sex or not paying attention you know yeah. like none of them like they just and that's why all of his shows like the stakes are so high it feels like a soap opera it's like everyone's dying or yeah. has a twin who is evil or you know it's like all these super dramatic things and i think i think i think he was brilliant and i think he commented on society in a really wonderful way but i think at the forefront of what he was doing was entertainment and i mm -hmm. think sometimes we can forget that and we can make him incredibly academic 
um, which then just alienates a whole group of people who are like, oh, Shakespeare, I'm gonna Shakespeare. It's not, it's funny. I'm like, every other line in a Shakespearean comedy is a dirty joke. And we just kind of gloss over that because it's like, yeah. well, but Shakespeare needs to be like lofty. He doesn't, mm. he doesn't. He's, he's making sex jokes and we're allowed to laugh at them. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that that a lot of people would would think Shakespeare as, <laughs> you know, right. like like fancy, like you know, yeah, it's true, it's true. Totally, yeah, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think that was his goal at all. Yeah. Now, some of his plays can teach us about politics and the psychology of our current moment. Now, tell me which one of those, yeah, which ones do you think they teach us those two points? Ooh. Um... I think I'm so I'm like in the the pre-period to rehearsals for Titus Andronicus so I think that's one that's just in my brain right now but I think it is a highly political show mm. um, about people taking power from other people and thinking that they're right and not wanting to listen to anyone else and I think there is a certain Julius Caesar is very similar as is Measure for Measure, which I know we talked about with Alex and I recently yeah. did a production of Measure for Measure and it's that same thing. It's like people sometimes can get so invested in their own beliefs that they don't want to listen to anyone else. Mm. And I think what's great about, about Shakespeare's work is he will show you that that never ends well. Yeah. If you refuse to listen to the other side, to another person's opinion, it's not going to go well for you. Mm. Um, because those characters always end up being stabbed or, you know, dethroned or yeah. whatever it is. It's like, I think, I think all three of those shows are a reminder. And I think there's a reason that those three shows are being done a lot right now. It's a reminder that you have to keep an open mind and you have to listen to how other people are experiencing the world because yeah. other people's experience isn't the same as yours. And if you have blinders on, you're not going to be able to grow or change or, and the world's not going to be able to grow and change with the collective. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's, it's very interesting because like lately over the past months, we have, we have like a lot of situations happening because of somebody's, because somebody thinks one thing, the other thinks the other, and right. they don't listen to each other, and they end up fighting, arguing, or just causing a mess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just like, it's just that not even willing to listen to the other side. It's like, what like what harm is, what harm is there in listening to the other side? You don't have to change your opinion. Like, you don't have to. Just listen. Yeah. Like, just sit and listen to the other side. Like, actually listen. Yeah, it's yeah, true. We, we've got a lesson to learn about listening right now. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, that's like a that's kind of the beauty of the dialogue. Because you might, by hearing the other person from from uh, their ideas, beliefs, or whatever, then you might, I mean, they might does don't change the way you think, but yeah. maybe they will open uh, a little bit. You know, maybe you could realize, okay, maybe I could do this instead of this, or I could say right. this instead of this. So I think also that is really that is really important. And I think the other day I was having this conversation that one of the problems right now in the in the world is that nobody listens we don't listen yeah. anymore i mean we just we just have like our ideas our beliefs and 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 whoever uh, agree with us cool those yeah. who doesn't let's end them you know right yeah and i think there's a there's a, a key difference between hearing like taking in the sound and actually actively listening there you go mm. yeah i think 
I think we need to stop just hearing and actively engage and start listening to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can tell that with music as well. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, like with so many, with so many amazing music also, but really crappy music at the same time. And you could be like, why nobody's saying anything about the lyrics of this song? And then they will say, it just sounds cool. But right. yeah, I think that is one of the problems at the moment that we don't really listen what uh, yeah. what the other person is saying. So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Hmm. Now tell me, how do you think he impacted the world? Oh, I, I think he has done so much. I think he has given us a canon of work. And obviously a lot of his stories were adopted from a story that had been written prior, but I think there's something that he does with the language that speaks to us on a cellular level mm. in a way that no other author does or no other playwright. And like, I think, I think at some point, and people might come at me for this, but like people might talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda in a similar light because of what mm. he does with internal rhyme in his music. There's like, there, if there's a similar, like it hits you on a cellular level, like he's not rhyming A, B, A, B, A, B, it's internal rhyme and it, it, you can hear it. Yeah. Again, it's something that's going to hit a level lower. And I think Shakespeare, the other really important, like he, Shakespeare does that as well, especially with the iambic. I'm like, there's a certain part of you that recognizes that, that rhythm mm. is also the rhythm of your body because it's what a heartbeat sounds like. And so your body starts listening like on a lower level, which I think is just like magic. Yeah. But I also think Shakespeare captured the human condition and, and what it is to be a human being, the hard parts, the funny parts, the parts that we hate, the parts that we love. Like, I think, again, he captures that truthfully and was unafraid to put ugly or messy characters on stage to show that. And I think because he was able to do that in such an authentic way, that's why his versions of these stories have lived on because any human being can step into any role in any Shakespeare show and it will hold up, it will work because he wrote yeah. humans as opposed to, you know, a queen or, you know, a magician or a monster. Like he, he wrote people and they're colored, they're not black and white, mm. which I think is just absolutely incredible. Hmm. I'm speechless, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> like he he writes even in his villains. There's there's gray. You know, it's like there are debates about well, why did he do that, and what happened in his life to make him do that. Like you almost feel like the fact that in Othello, Shakespeare writes Iago in a way where the audience is almost on his side. Like he's incredibly yeah. charming. He's like. He's being honest with the audience. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do this thing and like come at me for it. But like, I'm going to do it because it, it's what I need to do right now. And it's like, there's a certain element of that where the audience is almost swept up in the whole story. And he's like this awful, horrible, racist character. And it's like, Shakespeare did something interesting where he writes Iago in a way that almost makes the audience feel empathy for him. And it's like, who else was doing that? In any other play, the villain was the villain. And ah, everybody That's it, him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think the fact that, that when a villain has like a very, uh, like, like it's not the typical villain, like, oh, wait, it's a villain, why? It's just a villain, that's it. Right. You know? And I think when they have like a backstory that you could relate, I think that's the key when 
when you pretty much will get like all the audience like okay i can relate to that you know yeah they're like they're layered they're human they're just they're humans you not you know they're not a villain they're human yeah 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 ah interesting you know it's funny <laughs> like like it did happen it did happen the same time when i was when i had like the like uh the interview with you and alex like mm-hmm. a lot of times you will be hit like like a lot of times you will guys be saying Yeah, you will be preaching in with Shakespeare. <laughs> we, we get preaching. Yeah, 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 but it was really cool and 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 uh at the end of it, I pretty much stood like uh yeah, I pretty much like sit on my chair for like 10 minutes like be like <laughs> interesting, you know? And yeah. Like like one of those moments that uh that when you're watching a movie or something, like once it's done, then you pretty much take a moment to yourself and be like hmm, you know? Yeah. You got to think about yeah, it. It's true, but it's true. I think that is that is kind of the beauty of it and and yeah. and the and the way how he would explain life by his plays it is really interesting yeah yeah because at the end of the day we as human beings yeah we are super complicated at the same time you know so. right we're not yeah we're not all bad we're not all good i don't think anyone is all bad or all good we're all a blend we all live in that gray area mm. i think he he captured that really 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 authentically. Yeah. Now, if you could describe a little bit about your personality with one of his plays, which one do you will choose? Uh, wow. Um Okay, I'm going to go with Much Ado About Nothing because I identify with many of the characters in that show. Okay. I think part of it is everyone's very stubborn and everyone refuses to like openly talk about how they're feeling like i'm someone who sometimes will just be like oh i'm fine i'm great i'm you don't we don't need to i don't need to tell you how i'm feeling i'm feeling great that's how i'm feeling like i just and so i think anytime i see that show and in particular beatrice and benedict and their relationship they're both like i don't i don't i know i hate him he's the worst i don't like him at all like but it's so obvious the two of them are falling in love it's like there's this And then of course one of my favorite Shakespearean characters ever is a character named Dogberry who is mm. the fool or the clown in Much Ado About Nothing and he is so sure of himself the whole time and he's doing nothing right at all ever and I feel like I have that energy sometimes I'm just like you know what I'm just going to commit and I'm going to do this and I have no idea if this is the right thing I should be doing but like if I commit to it then like it's like the wrong and strong thing yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to go down without a fight. Um so yeah, I I'd say much to do about nothing. <laughs> that that's interesting. Oh. And what yeah, like that's such interesting characters. You know, you know, I mean, you're going to kill me, but I never watched a uh, play of Shakespeare in my life. Never. <laughs> I love it. Why not? Right? I'm like because because we as a society have been taught that Shakespeare is this boring, lofty, holy thing and it's like it's not it's funny. We just like need to remind people that it's funny. There you go. Yeah, and that is why you have your podcast. Yay! Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think at the end of the day, uh like whenever like whenever you would you would bring to the table Shakespeare, a lot of people would start to play fancy and <laughs> you know, Right. Like, and they will be like and and the other people will be like no nah, it's too complicated and maybe some other will be like i don't understand anything at all but uh but yeah like like the fact that <clears throat> i mean that the way that you're de- uh, describing it it sounds like yeah it is a lot more friendly and a lot more relatable you know and i think that is that's like that is one of the that is one of the awesome things that when you can relate to something 
it's a lot easier for you to learn and not so very very difficult but i mean as we as we were talking the, the last time in our in our yeah in our interview here yeah. that the fact that on school they will pretty much teach it by force not giving you the chance to think or to right. question it or to ask or to be like well, what is this or what about that they just pretty much be like this is shakespeare eat it that's it that's why right. of course that you will have like this tons of generations whenever you bring shakespeare they'll be like oh you got to be kidding me you know Right, everyone resists it. And I think yeah, we yeah. talked about this a little bit last time, but I think the issue is the schools force people to read it. And it's like it should not be read. Don't read it. Go watch it. Go watch a show. Mm. That's how it was meant to be consumed. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a lot different when you see something instead of reading it. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I think it's like especially on plays, like whenever yeah. whenever like the like the true version of it, it's on a play, it's a lot better you watch it instead of reading it, of course. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Now, if you could be involved in any play or movie, fran- yeah, movie or movie franchise, whatever, which one do you would choose? Like right now, if you have like oh. that opportunity. Oh man, okay, there are so many. I, I, oh, okay, okay. So I'm just, I'm gonna tell you my thought process because immediately I went Marvel, obviously, like the whole Marvel yeah. cinematic universe. And then I was like, oh, but or like Game of Thrones, which is now done, but like they're doing the prequel. I think mm. they're calling Blood Moons. So like, oh, that would be great. Yeah. And then the third place that my brain went was Westworld, but like the OG Westworld, like season one Westworld. Mm. I think I, I think because I love Shakespeare, it's like I love those heightened stakes, those situations that are not mundane. They're not every day. We're gonna live in a world where things are different where superheroes exist or robots are shooting guns or there are dragons like there's a part of me that i think it's that inner kid that i was saying earlier it's like we're all actors because we want to be storytellers and we love stories and we love books yeah. and we love movies it's like i just and yeah if i could snap my fingers and like make that happen yeah it would be something fantastical and wonderful Like like it has to be something epic. It has to be something epic. Yes. Preach. Preach. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> Being epic. Yeah, I agree on that. It would be really cool, you know, if you could have if you could be like on a Marvel. Movie. Right? I'm like who who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't snap their fingers and immediately just be like, "Oh, Marvel. I want to be in Marvel." Yeah, and 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 it's so interesting like uh like talking about Marvel like They are genius because they are creating the series but they keep up with the same story with the movies and they're pretty much pretending for the next step you know yeah. so the way that, yeah. the, the way they're Probably. doing things i really yeah 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 it's it's just yeah it's really interesting yeah yeah i love yeah, it i love that stuff yeah and what about disney like a pick like a like a like a picture yeah. I'm like, yeah, I i would kill to be in a live action disney film like that would be Like I could I could die happy. I'm like I love Disney. I grew up on Disney. You yeah. know, who didn't? Um but yeah, I and like like the ultimate goal has already happened, but like Kenneth Branagh, who is like the Shakespeare extraordinaire in the world, yeah. which is like, okay, I'm not surprised that he's directing Marvel movies because it's he's using all his like Shakespeare knowledge because it's a very similar world. He directed the live action Cinderella. And it was interesting listening to interviews with him when he was doing that and it was with Lily James and Richard Madden who he then ended up bringing to London and he directed them in Romeo and Juliet which I thought was so interesting but he oh. was talking about how 
you know, when he was directing the whole Thor series, it's like, it's Shakespearean. It is Shakespearean in nature because it is epic. And then he moved to Cinderella and he was like, she in her own way is a superhero and it's Shakespearean because we're dealing with magic and evil people who are human. Mm. And it's like, there are all these different levels. And yeah, I think, again, it's like, there's, there's a certain nostalgia that comes with those kinds of stories because those kinds of stories were the first ones that i fell in love with you know like fairy tales and superheroes and dragons and monsters like that yeah. that was what made me love stories to begin with so it would be so great to one day come full circle and be a part of those again you know yeah that would be cool <clears throat> yeah that would be epic you know if i could if i could describe cody right now i would say epic <laughs> likewise the, this is yeah. an epic moment yeah it is it is actually, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. Like, yeah, it would be really cool. Ho hopefully, I mean, if somebody's listening to this later and, if, and it's a Marvel producer or know somebody from Marvel, you know who to Give call. Me a call. You know, just saying, just saying. You know, uh, yeah, that's really, that's really awesome. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. One day. Well, yeah, definitely, and I'm, and I'm sure it will happen. I'm super sure it will happen. Like one day, we will see you on the big screen for. Uh, for this epic Marvel moment, and hopefully, it's it, it could be like something like Endgame that it will close yes. everything in the most epic way. Yes. So then, so then I would say, yeah, that's epic. Yeah. The most epic. Yeah, that's just that's the reaction that I need from you. Whenever you see it, like I need you to walk out of the theater and be like, that was epic. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the new one. Yeah, that that's gonna be trendy. Like hashtag Cody epic. Cody's epic. Cody's epic. There we go. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, that's cool. Cody's epic. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make it trendy, though. Once we're done, it's, I'll yeah. make sure that we're going to exactly. make it trendy. So cool. So cool. Now, uh, moving on with your uh, website here, you have your branding consultation. So tell me about that project. Yeah, so I I used to work in marketing um, for yes. many years, and now as an actor, it's like I, being in casting workshops and working with other actors and other friends, I'm like slowly learning that you know, people go to websites, to social media, to uh, Vimeo accounts, whatever it is to kind of get a feel for what an actor might be like as a person to work yeah. with. Like, what would they be like on set? Like, mm. our social media, our digital presence is now like a snapshot of who we are, how we're unique, and what we might like be like to work with. And so I think because of that, I've, I've started using my knowledge of marketing and social media from my old job and gone, okay, how can I help actors do this better? Because again, it, this is such an industry where like the more we can help each other, the more, more art is just going to get created. There so there's no reason to like not help everyone you meet. And so I'm like, yeah. hey, if we can get all of these actors, all of these creators to represent their authentic selves on social media. I think that's the other like mission that I have with this whole branding thing is social media used to stress me out so much because I, so, I felt like there were so many things that I should be posting and things that I shouldn't be posting. And I was like, okay, screw that. That's not helping anyone. Like, it's like the acting thing. I'm like, the more that we can all just show up authentically without apologizing, without filtering, just being ourselves, mm. the more it's going to encourage everyone else to be that way. And the more that social media will become a community of people supporting other authentic humans. Um, 
So I do these branding consultations where I'll send someone a branding quiz and then I'll sit down with them and be like, okay, like what's your type as an actor? And what are your hobbies as a human being? Do you like cooking? Do you like hiking? And I send them this whole quiz that they get to fill out. And like, we figure out, we like create a little branding package. I go, okay, these are your brand colors. These are your four core themes that you should be posting about. Like these are the hashtags that you can use. And I, I'm just, I think I've like made it my personal mission to make social media a happier, healthy place for everyone to just be themselves unapologetically. You know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. You know, like the word that I'm going to say right now. Epic. There you go. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it is epic. I mean, the fact that you're, that, that you are trying to, that you're trying to do that, that is really, Yeah, that is really epic. I mean, personally, personally, because, for example, when I, when I started, like the whole uh, with my, yeah, with my Instagram page and mm -hmm. and, uh, and whatever. At some point, I was I, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna put everything that I like. I'm gonna put here with music and this and blah 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 and put all of it. But yeah. what ended up happening at, at at some point is that, for example, the people who love pictures of my dogs didn't like pictures of my turntables and the gigs that I have as a DJ. So I ended up causing a mess. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And the problem was that I ended up uh, hiring um, uh, some people, yeah, like like marketing people. You know, I, I ended up hiring them uh, for my for my DJ page, but it just didn't connect. And 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 the the yeah, like the thing that I that I didn't like is that they were at first telling me like, yeah, you will just work with us and you will see like by the end of this year you will be playing in uh in, in like in coachella or in tomorrowland and i was like dude we have covid yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, but after exactly. It, yeah but like after it and you know like like they will be promising like all of these things of course they didn't happen at the moment but uh i ended up firing them but the thing here is that good for you yeah get rid of people who aren't serving you yeah the, like like the thing here that i realized is that social media it, it's amazing And it's free. It's a free It is free. Tool. It is amazing. But at the same yeah. time, but at the same time, you need to be careful because there might be people there who are going to be pretty much searching at like searching throughout your content or searching yeah. whatever you're doing. So at that point, it'll be like, okay, we got this person. So the fact that you're trying to, to like, you like to unite and especially like helping actors, like helping each other, that is really cool. Because for example, like there's a lot of people in that, in a in million different type of works that they won't be supporting each other. You know, they will be like, I do this. And, and and if this person, I feel like, I feel like that person is a threat, I'm going to end his career so I can continue with mine. So the right. fact that you want to like unite and helping you and, and, uh, and help each other, I think it's very noble. And at the same time, yeah, it's like, it's like the, it's like the, the perfect thing to do because we, as we were saying before, we are humans. We have feelings too. Right. And, And at the same time, if you can help somebody who is starting or somebody who is just going, going, um, just like, yeah, like, like starting their career, the fact that at some point that person you help, yeah. it's going to be like, like nailing, like one of the biggest movie franchises in the world or whatever. That's a great feeling. You will feel, you will be feeling great because exactly. I think that's, exactly. that's like, and a, I think, yeah, it, it can be so hard when you're in yourself like i i struggle at finding my own you know personal brand i guess is the easiest way to say it because it's like well all of this stuff feels really me and so sometimes yeah. it helps just to have someone sitting on the other side 
yeah. looking at the answers from the branding quiz going, well, no, this, this, and this all fit into your acting type. So let's showcase those things. And they all match with this part of your personality. And all of that feels very blue because you're someone who loves the ocean and, you know, whatever it is. So sometimes you just need an outside eye, like looking at everything and going, okay, yeah. this is how we market you to the world. It's still authentic. It's still you. It's still how you show up in a room but we're just targeting the specific parts of you that are marketable for your industry. There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, especially like these days, right? Like with social media and everything that we're living kind of in a, in a, in a fake society, you know, because we will see like this amazing, like sometimes we will see like this amazing uh, post for people traveling and people right. like living the dream or whatever and at, and at that point when you see those posts you will be like okay I want to be I want to be successful I want to be like that person but at the same time I mean if you're starting like your brand and and you're just being real at some point you will target the right audience that was right. that was like one that was like one of the things that I that I uh, that I realized that when I started this project with whole interviews and everything uh, a friend of mine was like don't worry at some point you like their right audience will come yeah, and they will appreciate the right yeah and i think that is, that is also like like the things that you're doing it's really cool the fact that you want to uh i mean not like unite actors but uh but uh like helping them yeah. and supporting them and to make sure that 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 know that they're basically it's epic you know <laughs> <laughs> that's really the takeaway here <laughs> yeah that's cool thank you oh. yeah Yeah, hopefully one day we'll ho ho hopefully one day we can see you for president. That would be cool. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That would be cool. Um, but now you also do tarot readings. Now tell me about that. Like, how did you learn to do that? So Alex is actually a wonderful tarot reader, and she oh, okay. was I. So this is going to sound so weird, but I used to read runes, which is like the Viking version of tarot. They're little stones that have. Um, You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding you. That's so cool. Okay. <laughs> so I I started doing that when I was living in the UK. Um, okay. And there's a very kind of witchy, spiritual mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. over there that I just adored. And um, I started getting into tarot. Alex did it, you know, very well. And, you know, she would bring cards out on, like, girls' night and stuff. And so that was always super fun. And there was a um, sort of online witch that I love that I was following named Jessica Alexandria and she runs a company called Bahati Life and mm. I had a reading from her and it totally changed my life like completely flipped my life upside down and I was like this woman's amazing she knows what she's doing she opened up a school for tarot readers and okay. I enrolled and so I've been um, I guess like learning under her for like the past year or so Um, and I just love it. I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of times people can be like, oh, it's predicting the future. It's not. It's just, you're learning more about yourself. It's bringing stuff up that you need to look at as a human being to help you grow. It's, it's like a, almost like a personal growth tool is the way that I look at it at least. Yeah. That's so <laughs> epic. <laughs> it's epic. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How cool is that? I I I I met one person who was like that, but I was I, yeah I I ended up having a, a 
a bad experience but uh yeah. but like the way that you the way that you're describing it, it makes like a lot more sense actually yeah it's just like it's again it, it's like the idea with the branding consultations it's, it's just like having an outside eye look at all of your stuff so like having yeah. the cards there it's like just going hey you forgot about this like you you haven't really been taking care of yourself like maybe that's why mm -hmm. all this crap is happening in your life right now and you're like oh yeah i thought about that um and that's kind of how i've always used it personally and now it's how i use it with my clients is it's just you know i, I help I kind of, I call a lot of what I do is goal coaching. It's like, we'll work on a particular goal that they have and we'll do every couple of weeks, we'll do a tarot reading. Mm. And I was like, have you thought about this? Have you tried doing this? And I, when I, when I do a reading for someone, I, I give them a series of journal prompts and actions to take then like yeah. over the next yeah. two weeks, like try reading this book, like journal about this topic, go for a really long walk without listening to anything, like just based on what comes up in the cards. And so it's, it is, it's like a self-growth cool. goal almost. Yeah. Yeah. How oh, cool. Like once, like once I go to LA, please do that. I wanna, yes. I wanna try. Yes, yes. Yes, I'm like, here, like, we'll all, like all of, like I'm a very, since I was, yeah, since, since I was a child, I'm a very curious person. So whenever yeah. something gets my attention, I, I'm like, I wanna try it. So definitely that's got my, yeah. Yeah, hit that me up when cool. you're in LA. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, tell me, like seriously, like seriously, what motivates you? I mean, you are doing a lot of amazing, epic things. Um, <laughs> now, tell me, where does this motivation come from? I mean, like, what what makes you kind of uh, like starting? Like, yeah, like what makes you start a day like with like with full energy to keep going? Like, yeah, I think that's yeah, it's such a tough question. I don't think I've ever been asked it in that way before. I think. Like there's a certain level of just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything else. Like there's no, I don't see a world like, and I think everything happens for a reason. And like, you know, we've all worked multiple jobs for most of our lives. And it's like, I, I think like I, I was talking to someone the other day. It's like, I'm, I know I'm going to be an actor until the day I die. Like I know that in my bones, like, so that's, that's not gonna change. My opportunities might go up and down, the rooms that I can get into might open and close, but like, I'm always gonna be an actor. So it's almost like the motivation is that I get to do that every day, that I get to live a life that I love every day and that I get to continue working towards building that life and maintaining that life and I think on a certain level, it's like taking ownership and responsibility for your own happiness is mm. a really hard lesson for a lot of people to learn. It was a really hard one for me to learn, but the second I did, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I get to make the rules in my yeah. life. I can leave this job. I can start this business. I can act in that thing that's not gonna pay me, but I'm gonna act in it because it's gonna make my soul happy. Like. I get to make those decisions. And I think a lot of my motivation over the past year and a half has been like the excitement that I get to make those choices for myself. Preach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think that is one of the things that, <clears throat> that people, whenever they want to start doing something or whenever they want to, yeah like following their dreams they have to like follow um like try to follow that road you know what i mean like uh yeah. because at the end of the day i mean like one of the like the other day i was uh, watching this video right and uh and one of the 
one of the phrases that pretty much catch me and pretty much hit me, they were saying like the wealthiest place in the world is a cemetery because you will see there because there there will be movies that were never played, yeah. uh, books were never written, songs like a lot of things that a lot of people thought at some point that they were that they were that they might gonna that they were good at it. That, but they were they didn't follow because but never yeah it never happened so yeah i think that the fact that you that whenever you 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 are in a place in which you feel good because it's the way that you want to live whatever job is but it's your dream then as you said it's like it doesn't matter how hard it gets it's what you love so yeah 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 exactly yeah i i get to keep doing things that i love so you know why wouldn't i be motivated to keep doing that you know Yeah, absolutely. And like my last question here, if you could give an advice to someone who recently starting following their dreams, what would you say? Just keep swimming. <laughs> Just keep going. Like keep, yeah. keep learning, keep being curious, keep doing things that energize you, keep connecting with people and stay authentic. Like keep keep going, but stay true to yourself. Like keep bringing yourself along with you on the journey. Yeah. That's, that's my advice <laughs> there you go there you go perfect cody like it is super awesome talking with you definitely you are an, an epic super person i mean i think at the end of this conversation we, we will be like dropping the mic you know? <laughs> like uh like exactly. like, for, like for real i mean you are a super talented person the fact that you are doing so many things like with your uh like with your acting career yeah. with the consulting with the tarot as well like you have like Thank all of this you. amazing stuff Thank and you. also and likewise, on your resume. Dan, you're you're huh? doing all of these amazing things you have this Thank whole you. series now of instagram lives and the podcast with interviews with all these creators i think what you're doing is so great again it's like let's keep lifting each other up because it's only yeah. help the whole industry grow so props yeah, to you for all that you do as well absolutely which by the way with you we finished season four so <gasps> yay Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Is, oh my god, damn, that's huge. Yeah, it's Yeah, you are my 40 40th? 40th interview. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been, <laughs> it's been really it's been really yeah, it's been really epic because like I watched recently like my first interview and the one that I and and I was like what the hell I was thinking at that point, <laughs> you know, like and and like with the whole background like with the designs yes. uh like the way that I that I was that I was making the questions like from it is really awesome when you take when you take like a second and you see how much you are growing little by little and how much you are creating this to this make this to this so yeah it is really it's been like a it's been like a very surreal experience whenever i get the chance to kind of freeze a little bit and to actually think this i can't but like yeah basically my mind can't can't can assume <laughs> yeah like like i have met like a, a lot of amazing talented people and and all of their stories have been really inspiring and at the same time they they all those stories inspire me as well to continue yeah. searching for more or to continue um looking for more content or to maybe switch this to this or do this to that or it is really it is really awesome and i think that the fact that 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 all that with uh with all of the interviews that i have Like every every new interview I had, it's like a new. Uh, how can I say it? It's like a. It's like I'm get. I'm knowing more of myself in every interview that I yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that. I mean, now we've come from full circle, right? It's what I talk about with entertainment and theater. It's like 
every interaction you have, whether it's seeing something on stage, watching The Office, whatever, you're going to learn something about yourself. Yeah. If you're connecting with another person. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, in six, like six months ago, if you would ask me, like, hey, are, are you interested in this, in this type of project? I would say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's funny because I, I, at that moment I was in a totally different different mindset yeah. and uh, and I think that one of the that that sometimes you need sometimes you need those moments in which they will make you feel like there is no hope in order yeah. so you can re, kind of rebuild yourself and be like okay I'm gonna start doing this instead of this you know yeah and, yeah. and, totally. and it's never too late you know so it's yeah. never too late yeah it's never too late yeah. So again, Cody, thank you so much. It's been yeah, it's it's super awesome talking with you again. Uh, before like, I send you off, yeah, exactly. Here we go. This is my favorite part. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep saying that that at some point it would be awesome if I could have like my talk show. That would be epic. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. But anyway, until until that moment, uh, Cody, again, thank you so much. Make Thanks sure so. that you're having an amazing rest of the day. Also, thank you for those who tune in and those who are listening to this later on the podcast. Also, if you are listening to this, make sure that you're following Cody in all of her social media. Normally, what I would say is pause this for a while, follow her, <laughs> leave a bunch of likes here and there, especially on the new photos of the mermaid one. Those are epic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, make sure that you're sending her... Uh, pictures of shark pucks yes okay yes we're gonna send this call out i love pugs and i love sharks and my new favorite thing is photos of pugs in shark outfits so if you shark have pucks. any of those photos anywhere send them go. to me there you go shark pucks there you go um and again uh thank you so much cody uh you're awesome uh and i look forward for another interview or to see more of your, more of your awesome work soon definitely and, likewise thank you so awesome. much for having thank me you. dan and I'll see you in the next one then. Okay. Bye. Bye.